I wanted to just share um, about a, a dude called Nehemiah. Does anybody know about Nehemiah? What did Nehemiah do? He built a wall. He real bit. He's right. He rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. Now, the um, Israel had been taken captive and hauled off to Babylon, and uh, they'd been away for seventy odd years, seventy-two years actually. And um, they're allowed to go back. And if you read the book of Ezra, that's all about how um, they rebuilt the temple in Israel because it had been destroyed and by the Babylonians. They pulled it down and uh, they're allowed to go back and rebuild the temple. But Nehemiah is all about how they rebuilt the wall. Because you, what's a wall do? Christian, what's a wall do? Boundaries. Boundaries. And it protects your protects property. Your yep, that's right. Retaining. <laughs> The wall builder. <laughs> so um, that's right. Nehemiah, he, his job was to go back and build the walls and the gates of Jerusalem. And it had taken, they couldn't do it. They were having real trouble rebuilding the wall. But you know what? Nehemiah, he had a strategy. And with God's help, what couldn't be done in 70 odd years and months and months and months, he did in 52 days. Pretty spectacular. So this morning, Philip's going to lead us and just this little story, and then I'm going to talk about it, of how to build a wall. Now, Christian here builds walls. So we're going to kind of have him down here at the main gate because, you know, it's important to have gates and it's important to have walls. And I love how God just brings stories and imagery out of his word. And, you know, Ezra is all about the temple being restored and God... When we asked Jesus into our life, he restored the temple in us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But sometimes we've got walls and, and broken down things in our life that the Holy Spirit needs to fix. And, you know, we can have the temple. We have God inside us, but we've still got things that need fixing. We've got broken down bits. We've got gates that maybe things are coming into our life that shouldn't be. And so the Holy Spirit's job, just like Nehemiah, is to fix those things up and to rebuild the things that have been broken and restore those gates so that you know the enemy can't just waltz into our house, waltz into our cities. So Philip's going to build the wall and the gates. Here we go. All right, before we do, we need to know two key things. Can you give us two key things for building a wall? Foundations. Foundations, a good foundation, yeah. And strategy. Strategy. Mm. Do you know what you're doing? You know what you're doing. Oh, you're the man. <laughs> There's a sermon there. All right, kids, I need you to go and grab three adults each. Each of you needs three adults each, not your parents. Go and grab any three. You need three adults. That should take up the whole room. So every child, every child needs at least three. All right, parents, if you haven't got a child, come and join a child team. Sorry, did I say adult child? Adults, adults, you need to come and join the team. All right, have all the adults got a team? All right, what we're going to do is we're going to build a wall. We're going to get a real visual illustration here of what it is to actually for them to build up. I mean, 54 days, build a whole city, really. 52 days. 
52 days, that's like building, that's like building a wall around Atwell in 52 days. Can you imagine doing that? That'd be pretty huge, yeah? Freeway all the way across Tapper Road, all the way down to Gibbs Road. That would be... And by hand, no, no tools, nothing else. They did it, family by family, all right? So what we're going to do is, you need to grab a set of blocks. We're going to build in this area a wall, all right, around the mat. Actually, no need to be on the mat. We'll all fit around the mat. We'll go sort of around this area, all right? Okay. Well, they need to, we need to be all fitting in, people, all right? So anyway, we've got a good foundation. The floor is not going anywhere. All right? But we need a strategy. So we're going to follow Nehemiah's strategy and we're all going to take a section. Okay? Does that make sense? So what you need to do is work out in your little team, because you're a family now, each of your team is a family. All right? You need to work out a strategy of getting your blocks, of building your wall. You need to work in with a person next to you as well. All right? So go for it. You have 52 minutes. No, not really. All right. Stop. How are we doing so far? We're working together? Now, while they were building the wall, there was a guy called Sanballat, and he was a bit of a nasty dude. He sent some people down to try and stop him building the wall. So I'm going to send Naomi... And Rebecca, and they're going to pepper you with annoyance. All right. Now, here, oh, stop, stop, stop. See, some of you are distracted. You've let the enemy take you away from your task. All right. Time's up. 52 days is done. How do we do our 52 days? Actually, if you look at it, we actually have lookouts. That, like, it sort of goes up at all the right places. Okay, I just wanted to just talk about a couple of things because um, it's really quite, quite important for us to understand how God works and he, and he shares with us in his word how he does it. So Ezra and Nehemiah, even though they're historical books and you think, oh, what's that got to do? We're not building walls. Um, God actually does a work in us the same way. And did you see how you work together and you worked in teams? You know, and God wants us to be like that. He doesn't want us off by ourselves. It's actually a dangerous spot to be when we get off by ourselves because we're easy for the enemy to take pot shots. Who got hit by the enemy? Yeah. Did it distract you getting a ping pong ball in your head? Some of you just threw them back. You know how to fight. <laughs> Miriam was busy throwing bricks. It's a mama. Don't mess with the mama. <laughs> Yeah, don't mess with the mama bear. <laughs> um, but I just really want to encourage us that God wants us to actually rebuild those broken parts of our life, but not just in our life, but in our street, in our neighbourhood, in our city. And uh, I just, when I heard this, it was actually Chris Volatin that actually was sharing a vlog yesterday and it just really hit me. Uh, just This is actually what God is doing with us. And... Um, Nehemiah had five things he did. And if you read, it's like Christian said, we've got to have a foundation. Or who is our foundation? Jesus and his word. But then we've got to have a strategy. You've got to have a strategy, a plan. And uh, so Nehemiah had five things that when he came in. Now, he was not a builder. He was a cupbearer to the king. 
So he was not a builder. He was not a contractor. He was not some, you know, like Christian who looks like he's built to build walls. He was not that. He wasn't an architect. Um, But, you see, God often sends those ones that are least likely to do his work. So we can't disqualify ourselves. From, from doing the things that God asks us to do, just because we might not look the part or we haven't got the Bible college degree or we haven't been and, you know, got a university degree or we can't do this, you know, we can often disqualify ourselves from the things that God calls us to do, but we can't do that. Nehemiah stepped up and I feel like God's saying it's time for us to step up. Step up into the things that God is calling us to do and, and have a strategy and a plan. So these are five things that Nehemiah did. The first thing he did was he went and he dealt with the past. He went into Jerusalem. He went in to see the people and he said, what is going on? You are taking years to build this wall. You know, and he went to the root. Because sometimes we can fluff around with things. We've got problems in our life, problems in our family, in our workplace. You look at your street and your neighbourhood and you go, what is going on? And you pray and you pray and nothing happens. Yeah? So we've got to deal with stuff in our lives and get to the root of things and uh, deal with our past. Look at the state of our heart. Look at the state of our nation. So this is not just for us. I want us to take this out further. So look at your own life, but then look at our city. Look at your own neighbourhood and say, what is going on here? And is there some sin? Is there some undoubt with issues that need to be dealt with? Because the sins of the forefathers track us. There's hereditary things that need to be dealt with. And Jesus, Jesus has broken every curse. Galatians 3.13 says that. When he died on the cross, he broke every curse. But the devil, is a law, he's lawless. And he will try and haul stuff into our life, into our family, into our neighbourhood. So we've got to take what Jesus has done by his blood and apply it to the situation. So if you've got hereditary stuff, if you've got stuff that has been going on for generations in your street, and your area, then we've got to deal with that and repent. Nehemiah actually repented on behalf of his people. He hadn't done the stuff. He was off serving somebody else, you know, as a cupbearer. But he said, I'm going to go to you, God, and look at what's going on here, and I'm going to repent on your behalf. And so we've got to do that, even if you've got to go and repent on the behalf of your forefathers or repent on the behalf of your city, or your nation for the things that you may not have done. And we go, well, it's not my problem. I didn't do that. I wasn't here 100 years ago. But it's the stuff that the enemy will try and drag up, and he uses it to keep things broken. And so we've got to, the first thing Nehemiah did was he looked at the state of the heart and repented of sin and generational sin. He dealt with, and we call it identificational repentance. He identified with what had gone on and he said, I'm going to repent of this and break the enemy's stronghold. Because the root of the problem wasn't that the enemy was coming in and throwing things at them and trying to scare them. The root of the problem was that Israel had sinned before God and followed other gods. So we've got to look and deal with our past. It may be physically broken, but it's related to something deeper. A success or failures are attached often to sins of the past. What is happening in the seen world is often manifestation of the unseen world. You know, sometimes we go, well, it's not my fault. And I love this quote by Chris. He says, conditions externally drive what's internally in us. You may be mad, but the mad had to be in you to come out. You may be angry or frustrated, 
and you can blame it on everybody else and your circumstances, but your conditions will just push out what is internally in you already. If you're angry, stop blaming everybody around you. That's just pushing out what's inside you already. It's a little bit confronting, isn't it? Yeah, mad had to be in you to come out. Others may create circumstances to bring out what is in you, but you are responsible for what's inside you. Nobody else makes you sin. Nobody else makes you have a hissy fit. Nobody else makes you draw the first punch. Nobody else makes you sin. We choose and we can't keep on shifting the blame if we're going to rebuild the walls and the gates and our lives and in our city's life. We can't keep on shifting the blame. And so Nehemiah said, all right, enough blame shifting, enough pointing at your neighbour, let's get this done. And so he repents on the behalf of the people that had gone before him, his forefathers and the people around him, even though it had nothing to do with him. He took responsibility. He may not have sinned, but he took responsibility. So that's number one. I've got five things. Number two is he surveyed the walls and looked what was actually wrong. What are we trying to conquer here? What is the root issues? Nehemiah surveys the walls and gates and he makes a to-do list. When you're looking at your life and you're looking, you know, we, have the temp- we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God abides within us, but sometimes there is brokenness still. Sometimes there's things that we are letting into our life because we've got gates wide open and we need to deal with them. So survey, to-do list of what it is that we need to deal with. You know, as I said before, faith is not denial of the problems. Faith is I look at the problems and I apply hope and faith to them. I see that God has a way through. So take stock of your problems and look at them. Nehemiah took responsibility and rather than pretending everything was all right and ignoring the problem, he faced the circumstances and saw what needed to be done. Take an inventory of your life. Take an inventory of how you're feeling about yourself, of your family, of your city, of your street. Take an inventory and then go, right, what is the problem? What needs to be done here? What needs to be conquered? And what is the root of the problem? Because if we don't do that, we just keep on going round and round and round the mountain and the same old things keep on happening in our families, keep on following down a generation if we do not take a stock of it and apply our faith for it. Faith is not denial. Faith looks at the problem and goes, right, let's do something about it. All right, number three is make, must take ownership of the problem. Everyone on the team owns the problem. You all own the problem. We have to build a wall and you all got together and you all work together. We've got to take ownership. And Nehemiah actually says to the elders, do you see the trouble we're in? And sometimes when we're in a family situation or in a, where we've got a partner or you've got a fa- you know, you're, you're at a workplace or even in your city and go, that's not my problem. Well, actually it is. You're in your family, so it's your problem. You're in this city, so the problems of the city are our problem. Homelessness is our problem. Drug addiction is our problem. Sexual abuse, abuse is our problem. It's our problem, and if we don't take responsibility of the problem, guess what? The problem will not go away. Yeah? So we've got to take ownership of the problems and say, do you see what trouble we're in? And then let's get busy. Nehemiah actually recounts the trouble, the brokenness and the condition of the gates and the wall. And he says, even though he's not from here, he comes to the elders and takes ownership. He says, see what trouble we are in. It's easy to point fingers. See what trouble you're in. We're good at doing that. You're the problem. Get your act together. No, see what trouble we are in. 
So let's work together and own the problem together. And that's how the wall was built in 52 days. If you're looking for somebody else and saying, well, that's your problem. You live over there in that suburb. Look at them. And never take ownership of that's actually happening in our city. Then it's their problem, not our problem. Yeah? If you look at one of your husband or your wife or your spouse and you go, well, that's your problem. No, it's our problem. Yeah? Number four, don't get into fear. Moving forward will have resistance. Did anybody get scared when bricks started throwing over your head? (laughs) Some of you just got feisty and threw them back. But moving forward, moving. When you decide that you're going to rebuild the broken walls, that you're going to listen to the Holy Spirit, you're going to face the problems, you're going to take a stock of what needs to be done, there is going to be resistance. I love this quote. It says, um, "Wherever wherever fear is, there is treasure. The enemy only protects those things that are important. Wherever fear is, that's where treasure is. If you've got fear in your life, it's because the devil's trying to scare you because he knows there's a treasure there. He knows that the treasure of your health, and see, trees tries to scare you with all these smoke streams. He knows there's treasure in you going forward and being successful and prosperous, and so he'll try and make you be afraid because he knows there's treasure there. If you can get hold of a treasure, what are you going to do with it? You're going to kick his sorry butt, aren't you? You're going to be a success and not a failure, above and not beneath, and you're going to be a a shout-out for Jesus. So wherever there is fear, there's treasure. Because the devil doesn't try and throw fear at us unless he's scared. I thought that was really good. Don't give in to it. Nehemiah rallied the people. Let's arise. He inspired the people to actively build the walls with him. He stationed them in families to rebuild near their house. Rebuild where you are. And then when you look at your street and your neighbourhood, take responsibility. That is what hubs is all about, that we gather in the area where we are and we go, let's do something about the stuff we're seeing. You know, we can walk around with nice little blinkers on, ignoring the stuff on our streets. You know, if you talk to Naomi, she said it's eye-opening, going out on the street and seeing the homelessness, the hunger, the mental illness. She goes out on a Saturday night and she's feeding the hungry out there and the amount of people that are cold and hungry that live in our city, the amount of drug abuse that's in our city, the amount of kids out on the street, the amount of broken homes. And it's, you know, we can just, oh, I'm just in my house watching my, you know, TV with my blankie on and my food on my table. And we forget and we don't take any responsibility the problem. And, and sometimes we're afraid because, you know, I've heard it even said, well, I just can't handle that. I've got enough to handle on my own. That's us getting into fear. We need to take ownership of the wall near where we are. So look and take an inventory of what is going on around us and go, all right, what can we do? Not what can the leaders do, what can the government do, because we're very good at that, but what can I do? What can I do to right start to pray and repent on the behalf of whatever has happened? Go to the root of the problem. You know, homelessness, well, what's the root? Well, often it's mental illness, abuse. Go and start governing over those things and then what can you do? What can we do? Yeah? He got people to be accountable and responsible for their own section of their wall near where they lived. Imagine if we all did that. You know, that's what the ecclesia, the church, was actually designed to do, that we took responsibility for our section of the wall, of our section of the city. If we took responsibility and said, okay, I'm going to look after this section 
And we did that all across the city. And we held things in the spirit realm. And we held things. And whatever is in the unseen gets released in the scene. So we're holding things. We're blessing our city. We come against principalities and powers over our section of the city. What do you think is going to happen? It's going to shift, isn't it? It's going to shift. Now, I was down in Fremantle with um, Charlie. We went down there to show him around. And uh, I don't go there very often, but I was actually really surprised. If you've read the newspaper about what happens, what's happening in Frio, you know, there's a lot of buildings empty, there's a lot of businesses going bust. But I'll tell you what, the occult activity down there has risen. There is a goddess statue that's been put down near Bathers Beach. If you look around, you'll see things. You know, the yellow statue and he looks like he's urinating? Well, if you go back to the roots of those sort of things, they're all pagan stuff. You know, there's a big um, sculpture and it's got, you know, the snake from the Aboriginal stuff. And, and if you don't go there very often, you just kind of put blinkers on. But, and I, he's standing there and he goes, yeah, I found the root, you know, this is, this is going on. But where that stuff is happening, that has an f- effect on the physical realm. Why do you think the b- businesses are closing down? where there's stuff happening down there. It's because the stuff in the unseen is affecting the seen. And we can't just pretend that it's not happening around us. Look at what's happening in front of you and then go, okay, what's the root of this? If you dealt with the occult down there, if you started to bless it, if you started to deal with the principalities and powers down there, there would be a shift. Businesses would start to come back in. Families would start to move back in. I've talked to Justin about this. He said Cardiff was like that. They were going to make it the gay hub of, of Wales. And he started to say, no, you're not. This is going to be a family thing. He went to the courts. He went up into the heavenly places. And God said, I want this to be a place where families came to. And they shifted that so that now... The gay um, community can't even find a building to have their festival in because it's so full-on family-orientated. But he stepped up and said, this is my problem and this is my section of the wall. And a group of them, now they don't have a mass amount. They are like five people that get together to pray. Do you know five people that you can sit and pray with, that you can govern over your area and take responsibility for your section of the wall? Yeah? Successful people remember the Lord. So don't get into fear. And then number five is successful people remember the Lord. Recount what he has done. When we're under attack, recount what he has done. Remember what he has done. Yeah? Start to think about what he has done. Confidence is not in my capacities to succeed, but his capacity to sustain me. Remember what God has done already. If you write down things in a journal... Then write down things in a journal. <laughs> I'm fighting to be heard. Yeah, write down. Think about all the things God has done. Go back through the word and recount. I walk around and I tell myself and I repeat what God has done. God did this. Thank you, Lord, that you did this in my past. I know you've done this before. And I keep on t- reminding myself so that it gives me confidence for the next stage. We've got to remember what God has done. And that's what God's word is, as you remember what God has done before. You know? Mum, she, she'll share, this is what God has, has done in me. He healed my cancer. He turned my life around. You know, he got rid of tumours. And, you know, and, and it's good to get together and mind each other what God has done in our lives. Yeah? I used to be this, but now I'm this. Yeah? So number five is successful people remember the Lord. And the last one is remember who you are. We don't run. We don't run. 
been called to, we've all been called to do a great work for God. And the enemy, he gets scared when we step up. He taunts us. He throws things at us. We don't run though. He says, when you've done all our stand. Yeah? You know, none of you started running away when the ping pong balls started flying. Some of you got feisty and threw them back. You can throw stuff back at the devil. Stand up and throw his stuff back at him. So you're not going to do that. I say, I have this thing where he's got this big hairy toe and I've got a line. And you step your hairy toe over my line and you're in trouble. I'll come at you. And if I'm not strong enough, then I'll get somebody else to stand with me and we start throwing things. And you know what you throw? The word, because that is our sword. The rest of it is to protect us. This is to come at him with all we've got. And he will run. So put a, draw a line in the sand and say, this is enough. This is enough. Yeah. Yesterday in the city, just walking around, and there was a big group of like 20 young people sitting down. And they were just kind of like sitting there. And there was one girl that was talking. And she was like the celebrity, I guess. I don't know. She just talks about random stuff on YouTube and people follow her. Literally follow her. Like around the city <laughs> so uh so we sort of saw it and we're like oh what's going on we asked about it we looked up her profile and but went away but then later two of them two of the people we were with wanted to really go back and to talk to these people so they just waited literally for 50 minutes listening waiting for an opportunity and then they started to talk about death and that's when the guy he just went straight in to the leader and started talking about God and Jesus and life and he went straight to the leader and then he yeah as he shared with her he said um why don't you ask your followers if anyone has any sickness or pain or anything she's like hey guys do any of you have sickness or pain and heaps people with their hands up so he's like starts praying for all of them they all come up for prayer and then one the girl that was with him she um has come out of depression so she just started like preaching about the people who about depression and how God can heal her and she was like gone for it and um yeah there was amazing amazing fruit from that but it was so easy initially to just look at them and think no we won't bother them you know they come to hear the lead this girl and about how to color your hair and stuff you know they don't want (laughs) to it's easy to just go oh you know they look like they're okay and not take any responsibility, but these two that we were with really felt that they were to, to take responsibility for, for giving them the gospel. And the fruit was incredible. It was such a surprise to see, to hear. Yeah, yeah that's right. It's seeing the problem and not just going, oh, well, or presuming, you know, don't look at what you can see, look at the unseen. And, you know, people are good at putting up their masks, but let's... Let's be people who look on the inside and go, all right, what can I do? And, you know, that they go out in the street all the time, so they, are, they find a responsibility for out there on the streets. That's their, that's their wall. And they're going, we're going to do something here. So let's step up, deal with the stuff, the brokenness in our lives and in our homes, and then look out and say, what can we do? So take responsibility and, go, and don't get into fear. Yep.
says, the love of God, a lovely prayer to start the day. Enlighten what is dark in me. Strengthen what is weak in me. Mend what is broken in me. Bind what is bruised in me. Heal what is sick in me. Let none be cheated by me. Gratefulness to people who help me. And lastly, revive whatever peace and love has died in me. I just thought that was... That's good. That's a good prayer. If you want that, get it off, Christian. Yep, we're running. We've got us to have communion at. Is it quick? I promised God that I would do whatever he asked me to do whenever he asked me to do it. I'm sorry, this is a prophetic act, so you have to have faith about this. When I was praying today, he asked me to go around to each of you. I was in the treasury house of heaven, rolling around in jewellery and gold and all that sort of thing, and he has asked me to go around and I'm in the prophetic house of God, I'm in the treasury house, and to give it to everybody. So that's what I'm going to do. So I'm just going to go around, and I'm just going to give you what God has asked me to do. So I'm going to be obedient. Does yep. understand? She's seen something in the heavenlies, and she wants to release it over you. So when we see something, just so if you want the treasury, you want the stuff, just let, let God give it to you. So it's an impartation. Yeah, he did actually. Nehemiah actually got money from the treasury to build the wall. So, yeah, Father, we bless you. We thank you. You meet with us. We glorify you. In Jesus' name, Amen. <clears throat>